What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode here on Whiskey Throttle Media. I'm your host, Brent Bowser. Before we jump in the podcast, I want to give a shout out to Factory Connection for coming on board and sponsoring our podcast. They're a big supporter of Whiskey Throttle Media. Lots of our test bikes have Factory Connection suspension on them, and they just do really good work. They've been around a long time. They offer lots of different services for your suspension, full rebuilds, revalve, pretty much everything suspension related that you need, you can get done at Factory Connection. So if you haven't had a chance, go on to factoryconnection.com and see what products and services they have available. We're here today with Revan Gordon. What's going on, Revan? How are you, man? I'm pretty good. How about you? Hey, man, can't complain. I appreciate you taking the time to hop on here with us today. And it's been fun getting to talk to all the up and coming amateur riders and I think you're going to have a unique story with you and your brother and things like that. But before we get too far into it, go ahead and give us a little bit of background about yourself for those out there who aren't familiar with who you are. Yeah, so my name is Revan Gordon. I'm 19 from Atascadero, California, and I started riding when I was seven and yeah, racing the all the am, big amateur races and looking to do good in the A class right now. So this is a big year for me. Definitely. So are you still based out of Atascadero or are you still there? Did you guys move down south for the riding and training? So we still have our house in Atascadero, but we moved down here probably two years ago, two, two and a half years ago. So um, yeah, we're we're located in Marietta now and uh, yeah, just on the SoCal grind. Do you miss Atascadero with the, you know, it gets, it's by the beach, but it does get a little hot, but it cools down. Do you miss that, you know, Central Coast lifestyle or are you cooler to be down in SoCal? Um, no, not really. Uh, people ask me that a lot, but, um, no, I, I like the pace of life down here a lot okay. better. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to go back every once in a while, but, um, for sure down here is, is a lot better for me and my brother are trying to accomplish. Yeah, definitely. And there's not a whole lot of tracks around Tascadero anymore, you know, it was closed and everything's kind of a drive. So yeah, you're definitely in the right spot for what you're trying to do. Growing up there in Tascadero, were you homeschooled or did you go to public school? So I went to public school until eighth grade. I think I did like half of the year in eighth grade. And then, yeah, I did the like homeschool program through the school. And actually I dabbled in some high school classes. Like I went to the high school. I took like Spanish and like chemistry there for my freshman and sophomore year. And now I graduated last year. So now I am taking a few online college classes. Right on. Was the homeschool thing just because of the writing and training and all that? You guys just decided to go that route? Yeah. Yeah. No. And then uh, like missing assignments. Mm -hmm. like, that was a, that was a pain. Always yeah. trying to get caught up. Always asking for like packets and stuff. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. So it was just, um, it worked out a lot better for my brother and I. So you're, you know, you're from a moto family. You talked a little bit before we hit record. Your dad was a good rider, still is a good rider. You know, your brother was in Team Green Kawasaki. Did you ever play any other sports or anything? Or were you just guys strictly into moto since that's kind of been your guys' thing? Yeah. Um, no, I was pretty into soccer. I played on a club team. I think I stopped playing soccer in fifth fifth grade probably and then I played baseball did that for like two or three years and that was that's pretty much it for ball sports I've had a bunch of hobbies like I did scooters for a while surfing I'm pretty sure I've tried everything that you can possibly do right now golf like mm -hmm. my brother and I like we golf a lot like when we're not riding so that's probably the 
only ball sport that's like stuck. Yeah. I think that's, uh, it's like kind of caught on in the moto industry the last few years is like everybody likes to golf, which it's, it, you know, it's obviously a safe sport. You're not going to get hurt unless you get hit by a, you know, a ball out there from somebody else. But um, mm-hmm. it, it's obviously fun too. And I'm sure, I'm sure like everybody else, you're probably competitive when you golf too. And uh, um, yeah, but it's fun for sure. Yeah. Well, before we dive too much into, you know, your, your riding and moto background, I want to ask you some of these, this or that questions that are just fun and to get to know you a bit more personally. So I'll start with the first one. Are you a saver or a spender of money? Ooh. Um, I'd like to say I'm a, a saver, but, um, I think sometimes I get in like, I don't know, they're like kind of these like bursts of just like, I'll be into something and then I'll try to like go all out. And like get the best stuff of like whatever it is. But otherwise, I'm pretty con- conservative with my money. Instagram or TikTok? Uh, Instagram, for sure. Are you a morning or a night person? Um, night person. So you're not a big fan of waking up, you know, crack it on to go to the races? Is it hard to get no, you out of bed? <laughs> no, I have to. I have to get going for sure. I'm I'm slow out of bed. And then like... I think that kind of stems from growing up on the central coast. Cause like mm-hmm. we'd, we'd have to go to, I mean, Zaka wasn't that far, but kind of before we moved down here, we did DT one and mm-hmm. uh, KCRP yep. and like, that was like, that's pretty much a whole day of like waking up to a two and a half hour drive, two and a yep. half hour drive back. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, just getting out of bed was not, it's not my thing. <laughs> Chipotle or Chick-fil-A? I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Chipotle. Yeah, I feel like you just can't go wrong. Yeah. If you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, you know, and diet's not you're not worrying about a diet or a training or anything like that. But if there's something that you could eat for one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? My sister actually made dinner last night and it's just like a ribeye, mashed potatoes, and like baby corn. I like that a lot, like mashed potatoes with gravy, corn, and steak. Like, I think that's a go-to. Yeah, can't complain with the ribeye, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. So we talked a little bit before we hit record. You know, you come from a moto family. It seems like, you know, your, your dad rode and, your you know, your brother's an amateur rider also. Um, you know, looking back at some of, you know, your results over the few last few years, were you always, did you always take riding serious and racing serious? Or was that kind of just something that you started to focus on in the recent years? Um, you know, you had a good, you had a good Loretta's in 2023, um, 450B, you got a third and I think you had some issues in 250B, but you know, yeah. just looking back, you were, you know, you were raced there and I, you're, you've been around racing, but did you, were you always, you know, focused on this as like a priority to hopefully be it, you know, make it one day, or is this something that you've just focused on the last few years? Um, I would say, yeah, it's always been like a dream for sure. I think, um, I, I started to take it serious, probably like end of elementary school. It's kind of like, like, this is what I want to do. I'm, you know, I'm not going to do ball sports. Um, this is, uh, yeah, the path that I want to take. And it's definitely become more serious in the past couple of years. Cause, uh, just moving down South was a big, uh, a big, um, just sacrifice for our family and uh mm-hmm. yeah i think uh yeah for my brother and i to make it i think it's become more of a a reality kind of in the past couple of years like this is what this is what we're gonna do for sure yeah for sure 
and it's got to be kind of cool to, you know, you're a little older than your brother, but to be both in the same sport, you know, you can both push each other. Um, you know, you, you, you guys know what it takes and you know what the speed looks like. So you could probably push each other to a different level, even though maybe at brother as brothers, you don't always get along with that sense, but you know, you guys can, you guys are there and you guys are in the same sport. So it has to be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'd say Landon's probably my best friend. So we, we get along, uh, really good. We're, uh, just like having him as a training partner is just probably like the best thing for us. Cause I mean. I can't remember a day at the track when we weren't trying to just like push each other, you know, and um, we always kind of set it up as like a bounty is what we call it. Like one of us starts first, the other starts mm-hmm. second. And uh, now that he's gone on 250s, it's, you know, like we're pretty much going the same speed. And uh, yeah, it's super cool to see his progression and then he's only making me better. So um, yeah, I couldn't imagine not having him by my side doing it every day. Yeah, do you guys are you guys riding and training together? You know, uh, all week, every week. Um, are yeah. you guys kind of on your own program? Yeah, no, we uh, um, our uh, our manager Jacob Hayes, uh, he kind of helped us off the bike, and uh, still does. He kind of sets up stuff for us to do, whether it's a road bike or um, gym stuff, and then he'll send us like a schedule for the day at the track, and then. We'll have help from like uh, Tickle and the, this is because we've been doing a uh, supercross. So we've mm. been getting to ride the Cowie tracks. Oh, and, right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's been really good learning from all of them because, you know, you see Anderson and all these like Max and Levi, like these guys are at the top. So mm-hmm. getting to watch them and uh, just learn from them. It's a, it's a huge advantage for us, for sure. Yeah, it's cool to have those guys in your corner. Obviously, you know, Brock Tickles won a 250 championship and, you know, was around the sport for a long time. Obviously, a really good rider. And even Jacob Hayes, you know, arena cross and then, he, you know, super cross. So it's cool that you guys, uh, you guys have those guys helping you guys out and that, that kind of been there and done that. So it's cool that, um, you know, they're sharing that wisdom. How has it been riding super cross? It's obviously not something that you guys grew up riding. Um mm-hmm. How has the transition to Supercross been? And um, is it something that excites you because it's different or is it still kind of scary? Um, I, it's it's super exciting. Um, you know, it's it's crazy. Like you grow up riding a motocross track for pretty much your whole amateur career. And then it's uh, definitely a different type of skill on a motorcycle. Um, I'd say Lan and I, we've uh, transitioned pretty good. Um, I think uh, we started, we have a, we bought property out in San Miguel, kind of um, a little higher up uh, from where we used to live in Atascadero. And uh, we had uh, Carlin Gardner and Bryson, they uh, they built a, tra- a super cross track out there. So when uh, Landon and I, we were on probably uh, super minis and 80s, you know, we, we, we messed around on it, but um, we never like had the Supercross suspension for it. So uh, I'd say we've always like kind of played around and had like an idea of what Supercross was like. But mm-hmm. um, in the past couple of months, like it's kind of until like you you're really set up on it and you got the suspension and you know um, and just like it's crazy the endurance and the the 
the pace of it like it you you could probably go out and do like a 20 minute moto on an outdoor track but um like 10 minutes on a supercross track gets you pretty winded yeah you probably because you're holding your breath a lot especially if you're going through the whoops and you know you're, yeah. you're, you're trying to do everything so precise that you probably have times where you forget to breathe right it looks so it looks mm-hmm. less taxing on the body you know when you watch someone ride supercross but it's in reality it's it's just as hard because there's so much that goes into it you know with rhythms and whoops and your yeah. holding breath and all that stuff so it's it's probably something different that you you know you had to get used to yeah it's crazy like it drains you mentally like you know like every <laughs> every time like you know you have to be precise or else you're gonna you, you're gonna go down so yeah. uh yeah just, just everything comes at you fast and you gotta remember where you're at yeah definitely and so one thing i thought was interesting you know, you mentioned going to KCRP and I live out in Bakersfield, so I ride out there a lot. I'd see you and your brother out there. One thing that stuck out to me was I remember you were um, on a Yamaha 125 out there. I think it was bone stock and you, you, were, you were going really fast. And I'm like, man, who? like I knew of the name. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of, you know, watch you and your brother, you know, just keep an eye on results, and stuff like that. But you you moved up to the big bikes a little later than most, I would think. And, yep. um, you know, was that? Was that just a decision where were you just smaller stature or what was the decision? And then you, you got on big bikes and, you know, I think it was 2023, really, uh, maybe ended yeah. 2022. But um, were you happy you got on big bikes finally? Because I know, you, like you said, it probably were on little bikes for longer than most. Uh, what was the reasoning of staying on there and then jumping up to big bikes? Um, yeah, I mean, I've always been I've been smaller since. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm a smaller human. So uh <laughs> uh growing up yeah i just wasn't really like i just never had like a crazy growth spurt like i've always kind of just been like uh yeah i'm just i've been smaller and i never really like kind of grew up with my age i'd say mm-hmm. um because i raced against like rider d and romano and i'm of course like they went from like 80s to yeah. 250 to 250s and uh yeah so i uh it was it was kind of hard for me, but I think I definitely um, I had to uh, I I matured a little more before getting to a big bike, so I think that that helped me for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I I have a December birthday too, so oh, yeah. I was always uh, kind of riding an age ahead. I would say not really, but um. Yeah, I've just always been smaller, so we uh, we rode the classes until I couldn't anymore. I think it was uh, 21, 2021, I rode the Super Mini. I qualified for Loretta's on Super Mini 2 because I couldn't ride Super Mini 1, and then I did uh, 125 BC, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I rode two different bikes at Loretta's that year just because <laughs> I just wasn't big enough for 125, and then... Yeah, um, I mean, I would say really, I'm still not big enough for a 250, but um, I just I need weight. Yeah. I, I struggle with weight, so uh, I I'm excited for the future just because I know once I get a little, put some more weight on, I think it that everything will come a little easier for me because uh, I don't know, I just feel like I've always had to kind of ride a bike a little different than most. Yeah, and I mean. At least you don't have the problem of having to keep the weight off. You know? so, yeah, so yeah. Some kids, uh, you know, I talked to some kids uh, like that. Jax Pascal, he's 
He's like mm-hmm. six four, you know, on a two fifty F, and I'm like, man, that, there's nothing he can do, right? I mean, he's a bigger yeah. guy, and you know, the weight on a two fifty F or so. I guess you know, hard part for you is to get the weight, but at least you're you're not going to be oversized on a two fifty where you're you know you're begging for horsepower and things like that, where you can yeah put on some weight and and fit it just fine. So and and I think you know too, you know, there's no um, blueprint of how how you have to go through the ranks and and when you make the jump and you see guys like yeah. Kitchen and Cooper, you know, turning pro a little later. Um, and you see some of these kids that jump up on two VDFs when they're really young and they get hurt a lot. And maybe yeah. they're just not, you know, they haven't adapted. They're not big and strong enough. And so, you know, it's uh, you're better off just waiting until you're ready than trying to jump the gun and end up with injuries. Like we've seen with all these guys that jump on very early, you know, it's, it's hard not yeah. to get an injury when you're going from a super mini to a 250F, especially like an amateur built 250F. It's the jump mm-hmm. is a lot different than back in the day where you go from an 80 to a 125. So that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So that's cool. So you, like I mentioned, so you had, you know, good results at Loretta's in 23. And then, you know, I know you've made the jump to the A class. How has that been? Um, anything that opened your eyes or are you just stoked to be, you know, in the A class and, and you're feeling your way through there? And because you've had some good results. Are you, You've been stoked with how it's been in the A class? Yeah. Um, yeah, my first A race was uh, Mini O's. So, I, well, first national mm-hmm. amateur A race. And uh, yeah, I'd say it went good. Um, I think I got, I was, I think I, I was a top guy. Um, I, uh, Supercross was definitely better for me. Um, I My starts were good. Uh, I think I, I won a heat. And, uh, I think I was winning the first main, I went down, so I DNF that and then ended up with two fourths, which I, I wasn't, I I was stoked, but I wasn't really that happy. I was, I really wanted like a podium and a win because I kind of, I'm not that like, I just, I kind of like just working like before the race and like knowing how good I can be when I am mm-hmm. riding good. Like, like I can practice. I, I would say I need to be better at racing just because mm-hmm. my practice is usually better than my racing. And, uh, I think, um, the heat I won, you know, I was like, Oh, I like, I rode good. Like I, I finally like kind of showed like, uh, my speed and I, I didn't have any, like, I didn't come off from the race and I was like, dang like i could have done something better you i was just like i hit my marks rode good um so i i mean i was bummed not to get a podium but uh yeah supercross went good and then outdoors um it, it was uh it, like 20 minute motos so it was uh it was a little draining on me um i think i i was kind of conservative i would say i wasn't mm-hmm. really showing my speed on outdoors just because I think I was focused on more of making the whole moto. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think I ended up with a fourth and two sixths. So, um, I mean, it it was a good, it was a good showing, but, uh, I, I know I'm capable of way more. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's cool. And so what are the plans for 2024? Um, are you guys doing it? Are you doing any supercross futures combines? What does 2024 look like for you? And, um, yeah, just run us through your year. Yeah. Um. So we'll be doing. I the plan is to do all the futures, all the future rounds. Um. 
and Landon will be doing that too. So oh, cool. it'll be cool doing that. And then um, combines. I think all the combines are the plan, which it, it's kind of nice because Landon's in the B class and he can race all those too. So it's like, mm-hmm. we're not just going for me. Yeah, it makes um, sense. Yeah. So you could both, it makes sense you're both going. So it makes probably logistically a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. So um, those are, those are on the schedule. And then Loretta's, um, I'm not too sure yet with spring nationals. Um, I think, I don't know if we'll do Freestone just because Daytona. I, I I don't know how the future schedule is, but I know Daytona. And then it's like we have to drive to Freestone right after that. So, um, I mean, the plan is to do all the big stuff. So, Yeah, you're pretty yeah. excited to jump in the futures in the stadium and, you know, get get familiar with that program. Yeah, yeah, super excited just because um, – just what the the program we've had the past month or so is uh it's been solely focused on supercross so um super excited to to race and uh yeah see where we are yeah and i think it's a cool thing that they you know they put together over the past couple of years it could before you know when they didn't have the futures there really wasn't a path for you know the amateur guys to mm-hmm. to race and ride supercross and you know, some guys can make it work, but I feel like it's it's cool to integrate you guys into the program, get you out there with in front of the fans. Um, you know, you're in the you're in the show, and so you're under the lights. It's just mm-hmm. it, all around. It's it's cool as a fan to see that, or you know, these are the up and coming amateurs, and it's got to be cool. And you'll get to experience that as a rider that you know you that they have something out there like that for you guys. That's a stepping stone. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that that's uh, a positive for the amateur scene and just uh having um a platform like that to go and get your feet wet and you know experience it's experience it for uh for real and uh yeah i think that's uh super cool that we have that opportunity so do you and your brother have a bet or is big bro trying to you know put it down on little bro or how what are uh, we what are we gonna do uh i think uh <laughs> i think we uh you know if we can both be top on the podium i think that we, we'd be super stoked both of us we have you know like we're good enough to to win of course i want to win but if, he, <laughs> if i'm not winning then then he better wins so yeah i think uh, it'll be good i think if we can get our feet wet at a2 and then uh yeah just keep growing from there until uh i think salt lake salt lake is the last round so mm-hmm. uh, yeah it'll be cool to to race with my brother and yeah yeah that's awesome and a few more things before i let you go i know you're riding on kawasaki's and you have a little bit of kawasaki kawasaki support um how did that come about i know your brother's on like the full factory team amateur program and you're getting some support but how did that come about and it's got to be pretty cool to you know be riding for kawasaki in any sense and getting that support Mm -hmm. as a writer yeah no um i think it was kind of I was on 125s and I had a Yamaha 250 and uh, Landon got the Team Green ride. So I think it was just kind of like, it makes everything easier for me to be on a Cowie. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they wanted to help out and that was awesome. So, uh, I yeah, Ryan Holiday's awesome. Uh, everyone over at Kawasaki's just, they're super cool and uh, they, they want the best for you as a racer. So. I think uh, that's 
the best program I could I could have right now. Yeah, it's got to be exciting and and cool. That takes a lot of stress off you and probably your dad's shoulders with having mm-hmm. to do everything and buy everything. And you know, it's obviously the sport's expensive, so it's it's got to be pretty relieving to have um, that support. You know, as you make your way mm-hmm. through the ranks. One more, couple more questions. Uh, have you ever had a time where you just wanted to quit and be a normal kid? And and if so, what kept you going? Uh, yeah. Um, I would say Loretta's a few years ago. I think I was on my one twenty five year. I uh, I think I stopped. I stopped racing because I was just having. I was have had this problem where um, uh, like late in the moto at at Loretta's or just like in the humidity, I kind of, my body tends to like kind of shut down. So, Mm. um, I just, I kind of like, I'd go blurry and then I like, I can't ride anymore. So I think, um, I was, I was definitely contemplating, you know, I wasn't like too sure if maybe this is something I could figure out, but, um, no, I, I, I think, uh, my mom, my dad, my family, you know, they, they support me no matter what. So, uh, no matter what I'm going to do in my life, uh, they'll always have my back. And, uh, yeah, they definitely told me, you know, like you don't have to do this, but, um, you know, I, I, I want to do this and, you know, every day I wake up, I think about riding my dirt bike. So Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think, uh, I have the skills and I have the worth work ethic. So I, I think, uh, any challenges I have, I can, I could figure it out. I'm pretty positive. Yeah, for sure. That's a good perspective to have is, you know, one thing I always try to talk to some of the, you know, the younger kids that you guys are obviously really good at riding a dirt bike is, you know, do it as long as you can and try to make it as far as you can, because, you know, these real world jobs and stuff like that will always be there if it yeah. you know, doesn't work out. And, um, you know, you only have one chance of being young and um, yep. have that opportunity. So I think, you know, it's definitely with the skill set that you guys have is, you know, you try as much as you can. And, you know, again, the rest of the rest of the world will be there when and if you're ready, you're not at some point, but definitely, you know, give it all you got while you can. Yep. Yeah. Go all in. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, um, yeah, the world is uh, nothing's really changing. Yeah, you'll have those <laughs> jobs. Um, and they're not I as mean, fun as riding a dirt bike, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. No, if if I get to wake up every day and yeah. ride dirt bike for a living, then yeah, mm. no, I think that's that's awesome. And mm-hmm. uh yeah, I think uh that's what's gonna happen. And so last one, um for you know, younger kids listening to this, or even if you were a, your younger self listening to this, you know, getting to the level that you're at. What is one thing that you would share with them or your younger self that you wish you knew at that age that you know now? You know, something that you've learned over the years that maybe when you're, you know, 13 years old that you maybe didn't see it a certain way that you know now? Um, I would probably say that, you know, every everyone has their different paths in life and whether, yeah, it's riding a dirt bike, everyone has different paths and you progress at different rates. So I think, um, just always reminding myself that, you know, you, you're going to do you and where, where someone else is at in their career, it doesn't really matter because, um, yeah, you have your own. So I think if I could tell my 13 year old self something, Mm -hmm. it'd be just, uh, take your time and 
just uh, keep at it. Well said. And, uh, you know, you can only can control what you can control, right? So mm-hmm. it's easy to get distracted by the noise of everything else going on. But, you know, well said that, you know, you really just focus on yourself. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Hey, I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time to do this with us today. Um, appreciate you giving us some insight on who you are as a person, as a writer. Um, but before I let you go, I wanted to give you an opportunity to give a shout out to the people that make it happen for you. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Brent. This was a super cool opportunity to talk to you. I'd like to give thanks to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Kawasaki, Team Green, Ryan Holiday, Alpine Star, Pro Circuit, Mitch, Snikey, all those guys. They help out a bunch with my brother and I's program. 100%, Revan Graphics, Asterisk Knee Braces, Renthal, and uh, everyone else who supports my family, my brother and I, and our racing. Thank you, guys.